praise God. So the word of God says, For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again. Let's go ahead and read that with me. It says, For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Lift your hands and we pray, Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you so much, Father, for allowing us to be here. Thank you for the word, my Lord Jesus. I know that you will do something great today, Father. Oh, touch my mouth, Lord. Touch my mind, my heart in this moment, Lord. That your word may be delivered as you see fit and it may fulfill its purpose, my Lord Jesus. I praise your mighty name in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So the word says, amen, for a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again. Amen. Hallelujah. So the word here is, is, is penned. I mean, it was written by the uh, wisdom, amen, of Solomon. And, but it was not just his wisdom, amen, but it was God-breathed. It was inspiration from God. It was given to him, amen. The Word of God says that all Word is inspired by God, amen. Everything is inspired by our God, amen. And so that was given, amen. That Word was given to Solomon to put down, amen, to write down for us. And so in his wisdom, he wrote about the character and the behavior of a righteous person. The behavior of a just man. And so when you think of righteous, when you think, oh, you, that person is righteous. Or there's a few, uh, there's a few uh, uh, personalities in the, in the scriptures that we can read where uh, they're given, amen, that attribute or they're given that title. Or say this person was righteous. This person was just. And we think, sometimes we think perfection sometimes we think that man this person was flawless they were without sin without guilt they were perfect amen and so the word of god amen keeps telling us that it's not the falling that makes this person righteous because it says a righteous man will fall seven times and rise again so it's not the falling that makes him righteous. It's the fact that he is able to get back up. And I want to I preach, amen, uh, on the title today, The Righteous Prevail. It's the righteous prevail. So it's not the number of failures or the times of difficulty. It's the fact that he is able to get back up. It can be seven. It can be ten. It can be twenty. It can be a hundred. If you are able to rise again after the nth time, the word is calling you righteous. It's the fact that you can rise back up. And so there is a specific behavior that separates the righteous from the unjust, from the dishonest, from the immoral, amen, from the wicked. The righteous, amen, is not trying to hide his mistake. The righteous realize their mistake and they own it. They are brave enough to admit the mistake 
and make it right. To make an adjustment to their life in lieu of continuing down a path of mistake, amen, or dishonesty. They know how to approach God for forgiveness and continue moving forward. They make it right with their brother and their sister. That is the character of a righteous man and or a righteous woman. The righteous realize that it's not about perfection, but it's about prevailing. It's about prevailing on this walk that we're in. It's about prevailing on this race, knowing that with Christ you can overcome. It's about getting back up when a mistake is made, rising again in spite of the fall. For the righteous may fall seven times, but they will rise again. Yesterday, we were here at church. We had, there was a memorial service. And um, there was a memorial service for Sister uh, Teresa Ramirez. And as things were getting underway and, and the things were getting prepared, I was, I was in the back. I was just kind of observing. And uh, I looked at the display that was up in the front that her family made. And um, I, I looked at her picture and, and I started thinking about the times that I interacted with her and saw about in the church if she was cleaning or if she was pruning the rose bushes and she's very very interesting you know and I don't know how many of you guys had an opportunity to interact with her and so then I thought wow this was one direct woman she did not beat around the bush she was as direct as can be. And then I thought of the times that she gave me an earful regarding various situations or various things and even stuff that I was not responsible for personally, but she made sure that I heard her. And so, you know, it was just this, it's kind of, it was nice, kind of emotional, you know, it's just, you were kind of here and, and just kind of he, hearing her eulogize and there was conversation going. And after that, I thought to myself, I was like, she made it. She persevered. In spite of the challenges in her life, in spite of whatever situation was going on, whatever issues she may have had back at home, whatever the trial, whatever the challenge, she continued the race. She prevailed. She prevailed. And, and, and we need to make sure that we persevere. We need to make sure that we prevail, that we purpose in our hearts to rise up in the midst of failure, to rise up when we fall, amen, for a righteous man.
may fall seven times and rise again. We have Peter. Peter was a great, great disciple. He did great things. He, Peter walked on water. He walked on water. How many of you have ever walked on water here? He was the first that made a connection about who Jesus was. When Jesus asked, who do you think I am? Peter says, I know. He received the revelation of who Jesus was as the Christ. The word says that he received the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Peter was a great man. He was given authority by Jesus that whatever he bound on earth would be bound in heaven. That whatever he loosed on earth would be loosed in heaven. Peter was a great, great man. He was a great disciple. I have not done any of the things that I just described of Peter. He was not just anyone. He was reliable. He was focused. There was no misconception of who Peter was. He even said to Jesus, I will follow you till the end. I will go to prison. I will die for you. This is Peter talking. But in Luke, he heard the Lord say to him, Simon, Simon. He was Simon Peter. Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Let's stop. Let's think about that for a little bit. He said, the Lord said to him, Satan has requested you to sift you. Now, sifting today looks very different than sifting back then. If I want to sift some flour, this is what I'm doing. That's it. I just put it in a container, go like this, and it just falls down. Sifting back then... You took the stalk of wheat and you bashed it. You bashed it. It was bashed. It was a strenuous and it was a process that just, it, it beat the daylights out of the wheat stalk. You had donkeys and you had bulls that would step over it, step over it, step over it to separate the shaft from the wheat. It was a very different process. So it wasn't this. It was a bashing and a pounding. Now Simon, the Lord said, Simon 
Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. That you don't lose the faith. That you don't lose the hope that you have in Christ. That you don't give up. Peter said, Lord, I am ready for prison and death. He was like, no way, Lord. I'm a man of integrity. I am a man of strength. I will follow you until the end. Then he heard that word from Jesus that said, before the, roast, the rooster crows, you will have denied me. And he did. He failed the Lord and he realized it. He realized his mistake. He was convicted of his actions. And the word says he cried bitterly. The great disciple, the great man that did so many things before the Holy Ghost came. Even before the Holy Spirit was here. And he did so many great things. Failed Satan wanted to destroy him, wanted him to lose all hope, wanted him to lose all his faith in Christ. Satan wanted to condemn Peter so profusely that he felt there was no reason for him to trust God anymore. But that is the one thing that Jesus prayed for, that he would not lose his faith. Jesus knew that Peter would fail and that he would fall. That's why verse 32 in that scripture says, and when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. I wonder if you put, can you put that up on the screen, sister? Luke 22 Verse 32 says, but I have prayed for you because I think you need to see it in its context. It says, I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. And he did, right? We know that Satan wanted to destroy him. So Jesus knew that Peter would fail. And in, in other words, use this situation to give testimony. If you read the second half of that verse, the Lord wants Peter to use that experience, to use that situation to strengthen the people around him, to strengthen his brother and his sister. Let this experience be turned for good. Encourage your brother. Encourage your sister. You know, he says, I I'm not interested in the fall. I'm more interested that you get back up, that you come back to me and use it to comfort and strengthen the body. It's not just about you. It's about the body, the brethren. They need you. They need your experience to help them overcome. And boy, did Peter ever do so. Wow. 
He was at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell. He preached the world's most wonderful and shortest message where thousands turned to Christ. Amen. He preached Acts 2.38 to the people. Amen. And he cemented where the church teaches and preaches today. He was responsible for the single act that gave you and me the possibility of being reached. He placed himself in such alignment with God that he received the revelation of taking this word to the Gentiles. That's to you and to me. That came through Peter. That came through a man that was imperfect. That came through a man that failed. Amen. But he got back up. He got back up because the righteous rise up again in the midst of a fall, in the midst of a failure, in the midst of a situation. They get back up. The righteous prevail. And the devil, Satan, he will request to sift you. He will request for you. And I get it. Sometimes there are days when you're like, bring it. And there are other days when not so much. I get it. I'm human too. And maybe you're just simply trying to get closer to God. You're trying to commit yourself and, and follow the Lord. You think Satan is going to give you up? You, you think he's going to want to give you up? No. We don't even see that in the natural world today. If you have two opposing countries and the one country is ramping up their military, their artillery, their defense. The other country just doesn't sit back and be like, oh, I guess they're ramping up. Oh, I guess they're increasing their numbers. I guess they're increasing their military. And you don't do anything about it. That scenario plays out in the natural world here. How much more do you think in the spiritual if you are trying to seek God, if you are doing something different, if you are getting closer to God, he's going to come after you because he does not want to give you up. He does not want to lose you. And I was mentioning this two weeks ago. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. You move forward. You get closer to God enemy your adversary is going to do the same thing your adversary is going to attack you and so if you are trying to do the will of God the devil is not going to be happy about it he is not going to be content about it if you are fasting if you are evangelizing if you are praying for contacts if you are trying to prepare the way for souls so that we can have a mass baptism in December so that we can have a mass harvest your adversary will not be happy about it and we need to understand that satan will attack he will discourage he will hurt you 
But if you fall, you get back up. If you fail, you rise back up. Amen. For the righteous man may fall seven times and rise again. You need to rise up again. You need to persevere. You need to prevail until the end. There is no other option. There is no other thing. And even when the enemy, when the devil requests you, you continue moving forward in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the challenge. 1 Peter 2.5 says, amen, we are stones that must be tried and proven. We are stones because we are being built up a spiritual storehouse, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. The Lord is building up a spiritual storehouse and every stone that he's going to put into that is going to be tried and proven he's not just going to use anything there is a purpose to your trial there is a purpose amen in the trying of your faith but like the men of old which there are plenty plenty in this book that fell and faltered and stumbled, we get back up. We rise and we continue righteous before the Lord. The righteous prevail. You need to burn that into your mind. For a righteous man may fall seven times and he will rise up. First Peter chapter 1. We're going to read a little bit here. 1 Peter 1 verse 6 says this. In this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved. In other words, you've been distressed by various trials. That the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tested by fire, he's talking about your faith, though it be tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glorify the revelation of Jesus Christ. There's a genuine faith that you have that's going to be tested. It's going to be tried. Verse 8, whom having not seen or known, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Prevail until the end. Prevail until the end. Finish the race. There's another passage, amen, in scriptures that equates your walking with God to a race. And it's not even telling you to come in first place. It just says, finish the race. Paul says, 
I have finished the race. Therefore, I have my crown waiting for me. Finish the race. Prevail. Be righteous. If you fall, get back up. If you stumble, you get back up. If something happens in your life, you get back up. Let's continue reading this chapter. Verse 13 says, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. In other words, prepare mentally. Be be fit, amen, in your mind. Be sober. Sober, amen, in spirit, in, in like self-discipline. Being spiritually alert. Being mentally fit. In other words, snap out of it. Get your head in the game. It's saying, gird up the loins of your mind. And rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance. In other words, in the past, you may have been ignorant. In the past, you may not have known about it. When you were walking in sin and wickedness, you may not have known how to act, what to do, what you should do, how you should uh, perform, what, what is the, uh, the road for you. But now you know. Get up. Wake up. Get your head in the game. Be sober and continue walking. Amen. Verse 15 says, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, be holy for I am holy. Be separated. Be separate, amen, from the things of this world. The things of the world are going to cause you to stumble. They're going to cause you to fail. They're going to cause you, amen, to have a stumbling along the way. But you get back. You get back up and you get your head in the game. You get sober and you continue moving forward. Because yes, you can. Yes, you can do it. There is no shame in failing. There is no shame in stumbling. You rise up. There is most, more shame in staying there. You don't want to stay there. Nobody's going to judge you. Nobody's going to say, because trust me, we are all human. And we, if, if, if you would know the things that I've done in the past or the things that go through my head, you'd be shocked. You'd be surprised. But we continue to serve God daily. We continue to reach out to Him daily. And we repent. And we repent. Amen. And we serve Him every single day. We get back up. We get back up. That is what we do. If you can maintain your faith in God, Satan will not be able to overcome you. That is what Satan requested from Peter. He requested to beat him over on his faith. Because that's what Jesus said. I have prayed that your faith fail you not. He was coming after his hope. Satan was coming after his hope. After the livelihood. After the one thing that could connect them to his God. Don't lose hope. Don't let the enemy take your faith from you. 
You serve a God that loves you and is willing to, to, to forgive you and to redeem you and to give you, re restore that trust and that faith in your God. That is who your God is. If you can keep your hope and your belief in God, you can overcome. Have the heart of a righteous man. Have the heart of a righteous woman. If you need to tell the Lord today, help my unbelief, then you say that to him today. Help my unbelief because I need to believe in you today again. I need you to restore that situation in my life. And there is no shame in that. Know your situation. Be honest with your situation and say, amen, that the only one can help you. The only one that can help you is here to turn that unbelief to belief and trust and assurance in him. For the righteous man may fall seven times and will rise again. You need to burn that into your mind. You need to get back up. But you can't hide your situation from God. We need to be honest with him. And David would say this. You can see it in Psalms 139. Verse 23 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me. And know my anxieties. David wanted the Lord to, church, to search every crevice in his life. To search the depths of his heart. The depths of his, mind, of his mind. And say, Lord, tell me if there is something unpleasing to you there. Is there something there that needs to be put on the altar? Is there something there that is a stumbling block for me? Because he knew that the Lord was the only one that could restore him. He knew that the Lord was the only one. And he was, not, he was no perfect man. But he was righteous. And he received the reward. So yes, you can do it. Yes, you are able to rise up even after the fall. You are able. I have a last example here. Let's look at Genesis 15. Genesis 15, verse 6. I'm going to talk about Abram a little bit. Genesis 15, 6 says, The Lord accounts Abram with righteousness. Okay? You can read the whole verses. And he believed the Lord, right? So Abram believed the Lord. And he accounted it to him for righteousness. So Abram was considered righteous. Because he believed 
the Lord, because he trusted in the Lord, because he said, yes, I will accept this pact that you are doing with me. Let's go to Romans now. Romans chapter 4. Romans 4.19. Let's talk about Abram again. Romans 4.19 says, And not being weak in faith. Was he weak in faith? No, it says, And not being weak in faith. He did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Verse 20 says, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. He didn't stagger. This was not a maybe yes, maybe no. It says he did not waver. I want you to get the context. I want you to get the, 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 the picture here of what is happening. He's almost being classified as perfect. I mean, he's not using perfection, but almost saying he did not waver. He did not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. In other words, he was believing and he was in it and he is the father of faith, amen, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. So far, so good, amen. Would you agree? And being fully convinced that what he had promised he was able to perform. In other words, that the word of God that was given to him would be able to be fulfilled because God is God. Because God is not lying. Because God is not just anyone. In other words, there is truth to that. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. If you read these verses here, you're like, man, we got an awesome guy here. Abram, he believed God. It was counted to him for faith. It says he did not stagger. He was right on it. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. So if all this happened, if at the end of the day, when the books closed, when his life was at the end of the day, it is written about him that he was righteous, why then do we have a person named Ishmael? Why do we have this person that was born out of a mistake, out of a failure. But you know what? The Word of God doesn't even talk about that. The Word of God calls him righteous. It says it was accounted to him for righteousness. The righteous man fails or falls seven times, but he rises up again he rises up again 
Because when the righteous fall, they get back up. When you go through a situation in your life, you get back up. Amen. You are able because he is able. You are able because he has sanctified you. You are able because he is on your side. Amen. I want you to put Micah chapter 7 verse 8 up on the screen. Micah chapter 7 verse 8. And you need to highlight this. You need to put it somewhere where you can see it. Because we, you, I, we need to look at Satan in the face. And we need to say, do not rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, I will arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. Because the righteous prevail. Because the righteous fall and they rise back up you are able because he is able so you get back up you arise your failure does not dictate your future don't settle for defeat use the authority given to you amen if you were brother rick talked about the preaching on friday go back and listen to it amen what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven what you loosen on earth will be loosed in heaven amen bind that addiction bind that sin bind that toxic relationship bind those principalities amen those powers Bind the rulers of darkness and all spiritual hosts of wickedness. Amen. You can do it. Get in it. Amen. The word of God says, get your head in the game. And I'm paraphrasing. It says, be mentally fit because you can do it. Amen. You can start loosening faith in your life. Start loosening courage. Amen. Loosen a blessing over your life. Loosen peace over your family. Loosen healing over any illness. Amen. Speak deliverance over your child that is not serving God. Believe your God that He is able. Loosen healing over a broken relationship. What you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loosen on earth will be loosed in heaven. Because we rise up. Because we don't stay down. Because we get back up. We get back up. And when we start being active, things around us will shake up. You start serving God, you start getting more in the word, you start getting more into prayer, things start shaking up. It is contagious. It spreads. It spreads. And just, hey man, there's a scripture in, in, in Joshua, just as the Jordan overruns its banks during the time of harvest, this river overruns its banks. It overflows. It overflows during the time of harvest. I don't know. This church is about to see great things that have not been seen before. 
There is something happening, amen, in this place, in this body that we have not seen in the past, amen. But you need to get your head in the game, amen. You need to be mentally fit that you will prevail. The righteous prevail, amen, that you will make it because the righteous may fall 7, 10, 20, a thousand times, but they get back up. Don't stay in the failure. You get back up. Building your house on the rock. There's a passage there about the man who built his house on the rock and the man who built over sand. If you build your house on the rock, that's what makes you get back up after you fall. Because again, it's not perfection. You will make mistakes, but you get back up. But if you feel, if you build your house on the sand, you're not going to be able to get back up. Condemnation will override you. It will overcome you. Which are you? We need to get back up. It doesn't matter the failure. It's done. It's done. Apologize to your spouse, apologize to your friend, apologize to your family member, have a come to Jesus moment, but get back up. If we are doing things to have mass incoming of souls, do you think the devil is not going to attack us? He's going to bring strife. He's going to bring dissension. He's going to bring things that hurt us so that we cannot work together. But we got to get our head in the game. We need to realize the bigger picture and we need to realize what is happening. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the powers of darkness, principalities, powers, the rulers of the air. That's who we fight against. Let's be on our feet. It's time for us to change our mindset. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know who you are today. But it is time to shift. It is time to say the past is the past. Yesterday is yesterday. As a matter of fact, this morning is gone. You say, I get back up right now. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till next year. Don't wait till next week. Do it now. This is the day. Let's lift our hands. This altar is open. Maybe you close your eyes. And just start talking to the Lord. We need to have a moment with Him. Because you're just overcome by guilt, by a mistake, a failure. He is here. The Word of God says that the righteous will rise up again. And you are able because He is able. Come and talk to your God.
See you.